Welcome to the Nostalgia Road Trip, brought to you by nobody, because we are our own people and our own franchise. This is the podcast, the only podcast running on the Super FX chip, encoded in blast processing, because we are that yellow short bus that crashed into that world we call pop culture. I am your host, Edgar Velasco, and with me now is a man who will probably correct me in the fact that I got the introduction wrong, but that's because I don't give two shits right now, Mr. Robert Menes. How are you? I'll let it fly today. No, but, you know... Uh, you know, everybody's going to be talking about E3. Everybody's going to talk about these big reveals or disappointments, these booths, these publishers, these developers. I don't give two shits right now because it's still in everybody's mind. I don't want to follow the fucking... I'm not a fucking sheep. I want to talk about something... The thing, the most disappointment. I want to talk about fucking disappointment. Disappointment in life. Disappointment in expectations. Disappointment in everything... You know, that, that we, you know, hype ourselves up for to just realize that we're going to fall badly. Like, oh, God, the, the the most blackest and brutal and most death metally birthday present anybody can get. Disappointment. That's the best birthday present. Heck, that you're given disappointment the minute you liberate yourself from your womb, from the womb of your mother. And like. I, and, and again, this uh, this is applicable to various things. You know, you're disappointed by a game or a movie that's very heavily hyped. Or even, to an extent, you know, we're all, you know, again, this is the nostalgia road trip. So we look back at stupid shit that maybe at one time we thought it was great. And then revisiting, we realize that that was garbage. That That's another way of finding disappointment in that, where you try to... You know, you're having a bad time and then you remember something from your youth that, you know, helped you up, build you up. And then to watch it as an adult and see maybe all the hidden undertones or how stupid it was, you begin to realize, you know, like that's that it was very disappointing. And you put too much effort into something that, you know, was a product of its time, maybe. Oh, yeah. And it's like it doesn't really hold the same weight that it does when you're an adult. and You look at it with like slightly more jaded eyes, you know, like I actually enjoyed this as a kid. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, there are shows that are, you know, they still, you know, are able to hold their own and still watchable. And you know, that's because, you know, talented writers and people, they actually put effort. But for a large sum of people, you know, there are those cartoons, shows, movies or whatnot you kind of go back to and realize this thing is fucking bullshit. Well, at least the one thing that is not fucking bullshit and is always fun to watch is a good canon film. Yeah, but again, that's the, that, that's a small margin compared to things that you were raised on. You know, like, yeah. maybe there was someone who was into, you know, watching uh, Small Wonder. And then you watch it now, and it's like, wow, I can't believe this show really existed. And on top of that, it's so bad. Um, and again, and that show was, is kind of like the acting, and not even from the girl, robot girl. The, she's supposed to be, you know, her acting... You know, her emotions are supposed to be wooden. That's fine. Everybody else kind of overdoes it with the acting. But yeah, it's supposed to be a comedy, a family comedy. Okay, that's fine. The special effects are shit, blue screen. Hey, guess what? That's what they had available at the 80s at the time. They yeah, didn't... that was TV budget for you. Exactly. 
so there are certain things you can say okay i can understand i i i you know the the the, the expectations of my imagination you know you, you gotta you know let that set aside and realize that it was a product of its time and it can't get any better mm-hmm. you know yeah because like there are, there were a few other shows that like besides small wonder i mean like what was that other one too what was that weird oh that weird like sci-fi comedy show out of this world oh my oh, god that that it was out of this world right it, channel nine it aired right after the monsters today which was like the n- early 90s uh monsters uh reboot um and and yeah out of this world was um was bb eb uh earth mother alien father they had a kid and on her 17th or 18th birthday she discovered that she had the ability to um, stop time by putting her two index fingers together um and oh wait wait i was gonna say the joke has to be done and but the here's the thing she when everybody's frozen if she touched anybody like on the shoulder or whatnot they would be able to move but for the most time and uh, i believe she had other abilities but her main ability was to freeze time and one of the characters and freeze time and unfreeze specific people yeah well on touch on touch um, I know, and also, like, at the end of the show, like, she would still communicate with her father, but she would do it through, like, a little, like, a box, you know, because, uh, you know, and uh, they would talk about today's lesson, or sometimes the father for her birthday would give her, like, oh, I'm giving you a new ability, or, hey, you just, you know, uh, I, things how they are on my planet, planet are similar to yours, and I remember that show because one of the characters, recurring characters, was Uncle Vito. Now, Uncle Vito, who don't know, is the dude and is still the dude who currently, although I believe he died recently, he was the voice actor for Plucky Duck on uh, Tiny Toons. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then, you know, once Tiny Toons folded, he eventually became the main voice actor for Daffy, for for whatever incarnation of the Warner Brother cartoons. He did the voice work for Daffy. I believe he died recently too, not too he long. He died. Ago. Joe Alski, that was his name. Yeah, yeah. I I always knew him. Yeah, as... he died in 2016, and he was he was actually one of the alternating like post melt blank voice actors for all the Looney Tunes characters. Hence, why I knew him best as Uncle Vito in Out of This World, and it kind of blew my mind when I saw like because you know during the hype of uh tiny tune adventures on fox kids they show like behind the scenes segments like oh we have this new cartoon you know picking the spirit of um uh classic warner brother characters but introducing him to the new generation and then one of the segments was him doing plucky duck i'm like oh shit uncle Vito from out of this world does the voice for plucky duck and then you know eventually you know i you know i realized like oh shit he actually now does the he permanently did the voice for daffy well, I guess up until 2016, before he died. Um, yeah, because like, you know, like, um, I'm reading this thing right now, and yeah, he was one of the alternate, because they had um, three actors that voiced all the Looney Tunes, and he was one of them. Well, considering Mel so, Blanc... Like, they, would, they would go around, like, you know, whoever was available would do the voices. Well, again, considering Mel Blanc was still working, uh, his last thing... Up he until had, his death. Yeah, I mean, wasn't his last thing fucking Space Jam? <laughs> um, what? No, Mel Blanc died in 89. Oh no, so it was Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit was his yeah. last thing. Okay. Roger Rabbit was one of the very last ones, and um, Joe Alski did Yosemite Sam in that movie because by that point, Mel Blanc couldn't keep up the yelling and the screaming. 
Yeah, and again, you can tell with the whole, my biscuits are burning. Wait, that sounds a bit off. Like, there's something yeah, that, you're missing. Like, that wasn't Mel Blanc because he couldn't scream at that point. He couldn't do the loud voices. He couldn't live. What are you talking about? Um, mm-hmm. But the thing about that is that, um, like, that, and I knew, and, and, and that show was very enjoyable. It was very enjoyable. Although, yeah, the premise is mother falls in love with an alien. They have a child who's a humanoid, who human, but she has magical powers. And she's, mm-hmm. And I believe her later in the season, she had also the power to rewind time at as long as it's frozen. And um, she also had her uncle, who was a policeman. And again, Uncle Vito, uh, he knew about the powers, but you know he would always try and you know defend um, Evie. I think her name was Evie. And of yeah. course, her best friend, you know, blah blah, best friend, you know, helping and whatnot. Oh God, I used to remember that. And then because it was the monsters today. Then out of this world, and after out of this world, they would air. Hold on, hold on. Um, no, uh, my secret identity would air. And, oh God, that was another weird ass show. No, no, but I'm saying like I'm trying to remember the lineup. Yeah, yeah, it was Monsters Today, Out of This World, um, my secret identity, and then it was either, um, they. Oh, and then they ended it with they came from outer space, about again visiting aliens. Um, that were surfer, well, loser dudes getting into weird situations, shenanigans. But whenever they would see a hot girl, instead of, you know, uh, one, like, let's say I punch you, Robert, like someone punches you and I'm the one who feels the pain. So they would have like, uh, like a psychic link, I guess. So, oh, like, yeah, like, uh, I forgot what that's called. It's like, yeah, I understand. Like, whoever feels pain, the other person, yeah, it is. It's like a psychic link of sorts. Yeah. And how you would tell that they were horny or aroused was when one dude would look at the girl, the other dude would start having, like, steam come out of his neck, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, it was called, you know, um, oh, I just forgot it already. Uh, uh, they came oh, from outer yeah. space. They came from outer space. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, oh, my God. And, of course, then after that, it would be, like, infomercials or, like, uh, Battle Dome or WAMAC Masters or something stupid. Or, you know, whatever fun- fundraiser show with, like, hack celebrities host or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, it was that? Oh, uh, yeah. Then, you know, what was um, some other shows that are like, you watch them now and they're like, they were really, like, they're disappointing now. Uh, you know what? I never saw the live, the, the television series of uh, Weird Science. But I heard Weird Science was actually pretty good, the television, when it aired on uh, USA Network. I never watched it. Oh, there, there was one series I was massively disappointed in when it came out on TV. Duckman after Monday Night Raw. No, no Duckman was alright. I was actually going to say um, Maniac Mansion. I was massively disappointed by the TV series by, of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot there was a short-lived. Well, like, was, wasn't it like two episodes only or something? It was like a season's worth. I think it was like 13 episodes or something. But man, what a disappointment. And especially as somebody who used to play the game religiously. Oh, there we go. Thank you for going back, you know, using that as a segue to going back into disappointment. Yeah, there's something. There's definitely Mm -hmm. something. Um, Many people. Yeah, because I think like the only thing. Oh, my fucking God. 66 episodes were produced of the series. Wait, did they ever release that in DVD? I don't think they ever did. You can probably find seasons, and it's like it was only very loosely based on the whole show because the original game was, you know, of course the Edison family, right? Doctor Fred kidnaps a local girl, ties her up in the lab, wants to suck her pretty brains out of her head. 
under control of a strange media from outer space and, you know, the girl's boyfriend and all of his friends have to go and rescue her from the mansion and all that shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they didn't even do half of that. Well, again, stretching that out, that that seems more like a miniseries when you think about it. You can't really stretch that out for the fact that it lasted three seasons while other shows that have show, you know, that somewhat show promise are canceled after maybe two episodes or they're showed completely out of order. So you don't even know how to get into it. Um, I mean, like many people, you know, loved Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But guess what? When they made a TV show, that shit bombed. And then we found out there was a better version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off the series called Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, I, and I was like, that also is another thing too. Like, you get a successful movie, and it's like you don't have to turn it into a TV series all the time. Well, you gotta get in that money somehow, you know. I know, but it's like sometimes it just doesn't work. Like, what was another one too? Teen Wolf, the TV series. It's like it didn't work. It was trying to get all like dark and edge lord and dramatic. Oh, you mean the current one? I, I'm th I, I thought you were talking about the CBS Saturday Morning cartoon. Uh, the oh, no, no, the CBS Saturday Morning cartoon. I mean, like, it wasn't exactly very good on its own, but it's like, it was still a damn sight better than this current one because at least it tried to stick to the source material. But again, it's it's aimed at young teens, so it's not about for us, Robert. <laughs> hey, not not hey. young teen wolves? Yeah, yeah, it's not about us. We're, we're old wolves that should be put out to the shed and shot by now. Um... <laughs> What about like wait, but wait, back to the back to the future cartoon. Wasn't there a crossover episode where Teen Wolf met Marty McFly? I don't remember. I know that Bill Nye showed up though. Yeah, well yeah, because that's what got him started to begin with. No, if I do recall, wasn't there an episode where Marty McFly met Teen Wolf? Um I don't I, remember. I, um, I know for the I know for the Jim Carrey cartoon shows like The Mask and Ace Ventura, there was a crossover episode. Oh golly, they were all their own extended universe. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, except and uh, except they never met the Dumb and Dumber guys, which was like that would have been weird. But I do remember that the Mask did meet Ace Ventura in one of the episodes as a crossover. That, yeah, that was like the strangest and weirdest things. Hold on a second, let it's, me see if I can. It's Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey in animated form because that's the only way we're gonna be able to afford this shit. God, the Jim Carrey, the Jim Carrey animated multiverse. Yeah, only two. Um, like, like uh, no, um, I don't see anything about him meeting Team Wolf in any of these uh, descriptions I, here. I thought there was an, maybe I'm maybe I'm having the Mandela effect where I think there, this happened, but it really didn't. Uh, mm -hmm. maybe maybe in uh, in the alternate universe it did. Yeah, yeah, in the other timelines that apparently I'm not aware of. But mm -hmm. you know, like it, it, there's like again, you're gonna find disappointment in everything that you do, everything you discover, or everything you return to. At a specific time in your life, be it at your most vulnerableness or even at your most, you know, un unpredictableness. The disappointment is always going to be unbound. And especially when things from the 80s or when they reboot them or remake them or reimagining them. Hey, it is, it, it is going to be disappointment nevertheless. Um, okay, well, I guess it also stretches not just to cartoons, but also to some video games as well. Oh, again, that's why I say, you know, the E3 hype train, don't fall for it, because guess what? You know, there's there's going to be some good things, there's going to be some bad things, but don't fall for the hype, because there have been many influence, many times, you know, video game, movies, or whatever, where they hype shit up your ass, and you watch it, and you're like, maybe at first you're like, oh, God, it's okay. Like, how many of us fooled ourselves into thinking 
that they liked Star Wars Episode One. Don't lie. All right. I was I was disappointed by it, but it's like don't I think lie to me. Is, don't I think lie part to of yourself. The big problem was yeah. Part, part of the big problem with Episode One was just like you know Jar Jar did not need to be there. No, but exactly. But how many people went to the theaters, watched it multiple times? To you know, try and defend that movie or find good things in that movie, you know, fooling themselves to be completely disappointed of a prequel franchise series that A could have been said better or B didn't need to be said at all. Like, you yeah. know what? I was a stupid kid. We're all stupid children. I saw fucking Star Wars episode one. Oh, Maybe seven times, seven, eight times. And then I had a friend who did likewise, bought the VHS. So we would go to his house and watch it again. And, you know, he had all the toys. So we played with the toys and got the collectibles, all this other shit. And then, you know, it, it, and again, I probably wasn't the only one. All of us fucking try to fool ourselves into thinking episode one was good. So much that we betrayed our own you know, like uh, cinematic movie tastes or whatever, our own soul to watch that movie on multiple viewings, giving it our own fucking money to watch this movie and try and defend or, more importantly, lie to ourselves that it was indeed a good movie. Oh, uh, wait. What does the comic book said? Worst episode ever. I will only watch it six more times. Exactly. But it's... But that's what yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I saw episode one, and I was disappointed in the fact that, like, it would have been a good start, but, like, one character just kind of, like, killed a lot of the mood for me. If Jar Jar were not in that movie, the movie would have been a lot better. But yeah. then again, it's like, you know, I understand, like, yeah, he wanted something to appease to his kids, and I'm sure his kids probably turned around and said, like, Dad, don't. No, but I mean, in general, like, you don't, it, it was during that time that he wanted to appeal to kids, and also, again... Like I said many times, George Lucas, you know, at least that's my opinion, He he's a hack. Like, he knows how to create a good universe, but he, like, look what happens when you give him complete power, complete control. Unlike the actual original trilogy, where he had friends and people that said, oh, maybe you shouldn't do this, or hey, you should probably say it this way, or show it this way, or hey, you know what, this scene's not needed, take it out, don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, you know, because at least, like, yeah, like, people were there and it's just say, like, you know, hell, even Mark Hamill himself had said, like, you try acting some of the script, George. Exactly. So, like, there's a reason, like, you know, certain, you know, certain individuals, certain creators, certain whatever directors or whatnot, they work they well. They kind of need those people around them to kind of ground them a little bit. Exactly, because sometimes maybe giving them too much power can, you know, fuck you up. I mean, look how Tim Burton... kind of tragic results... And again, how many movies have we had that, you know, oh, well, you know what? Let's, let's see how this director works under the confines of, you know, producers and whatnot. Okay. And they do okay. And then, oh, you know what? Go for it. Here's a sequel. Go crazy with the freedom. And then they do something completely different to the point that it almost bat, like a bastardization of the actual thing that we're trying to do. Like a parody. Okay. Straight up. I mean, look, Joe Dante, right? Example, right there. Straight up, well, you know, fucking Gremlins, Gremlins 2, right there. Uh, yeah, he, he literally created Gremlins 2 to be a fucking parody of sequels. Exactly. Uh, fucking 
Batman and Batman Returns. Look at Tim Burton. Look at the complete uh, uh, polar opposites of tone and like how it looks. You know, oh, was like, he went from dark to darker. Exactly, but he went full Tim Burton on it. Whereas, yeah, but you know what though? It still turned out to be an excellent movie, all the same. With certain exceptions that are still like, why? Why does the Red Circuit Triangle Gang have fucking blueprints to the fucking Batmobile, which I still to this day also. Like, I'm, cause I'm probably thinking, and I'm probably wondering, like maybe a deleted scene, like maybe they found them or stole them or something. I don't know. Yeah, but again, the fact that the blueprints would just exist without Batman knowing, you know, yeah, again, like Batman will probably have those things under lock and key. But then again, you know, who let Vicky Vale into the Batcave? There you go. That's the it. other one too. Exactly, exactly. So there's like a, a lot of things like that. I know, but it's like all the same though. We still consider them classics. But I mean, like, if I really wanted to think about like, uh. Oh my god. If you want to talk about like a weird drawing shift of tone, like another one was Indiana Jones and the you know, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. I kinda of feel like that one went like a little bit like way off the deep end at times. It's like it wouldn't have been a bad movie, but it became like very, very like for lack of a better term, too bizarre. It became for even too, an Indiana Jones movie. Too convoluted and they try to yeah, put Yeah, it's just too bizarre. And again, which goes to show you, you know, again, wasn't the fucking last crusade supposedly you know, again, wasn't elements from the Crystal Skull supposed to be part of, I think, either Temple of Doom or the Last Crusade, where it involved I, aliens? I do believe the story is like one of the past, one of the movies of the original trilogy was supposed to have the elements, but then Steven uh, Spielberg said, "No, that's a little too out there, George. Uh, let's I just keep think, it grounded." Um, oh wait, wait, I think it was cut elements from like, okay, I remember um, one of the ideas they had, like they wanted to find like um, the Great Wall some hidden garden and meet like the monkey king and all that. And Steven Spielberg, I think said like, nah, that's, that's not going to work. So they shelved all that. And I think like aliens was another one. Mm-hmm. And they said, nah, and they shelved that. Yeah. But... And, and Yeah. Then they like, they picked them up and they dusted them off and they did that for, you know, for, um, for, yeah, for crystal skull. Yeah. But honestly, if you want like the really bad, like I honestly think like the real fourth movie for me, Mm. is the LucasArts game, The Fate of Atlantis. Everybody says that. Heck, some people can even say the fucking, the young Indiana Jones series would also be a good thing. Well, yeah, that that's a really good spiritual sequel to all of this. But it's like, I honestly think like, Fate of Atlantis is probably like, the better of, like, the better sequel out of any of them. It takes place a year after Last Crusade, and it's still grounded in archaeology, just like Indy is. But it's like, you know, with Atlantis, it's like, you know, there are a lot of questions. It's like, especially, like, when you start seeing, like, the skeletons of, like, the dead all over the place. And he's like, where do these things come from? Mars? Hell? And it's like, you, you wonder yourselves. And then you find out that they were using a machine to try to become, like, gods. And it was turning them into, like, these horrible, deformed beings. And they were all dying, committing mass suicide. Are you having a DOS Lucas uh, aneurysm? Are you fucking... <laughs> no, I'm having an adventure game nerd moment. So, in hey, nerd moment, me. it sounds like you're having, like, a... Uh, are you okay? You're having a Tourette's attack, but instead of cursing, it's just bringing up, like, uh, Lucas Arts games. Yeah, adventure Dust, game moments. Don't mind Dust, me. Dust Lucas games are. So instead of saying, fuck shit, you're saying, like, Atlantis! Lucas! <laughs> All of them games! But no, seriously, Fate of Atlantis, I think, is, like, probably, like, the real sequel. Wait, what about that, that, uh, Nintendo 64 one? That, was that crap? Oh, Infernal Machine? Yeah, yeah, that crap. Oh, no, no, that was actually really good, too. That was more or action oriented, though, right? It was more action oriented, but it actually followed on from Fate of Atlantis. Yeah, unlike the the 
uh, the Indiana Jones trilogy by Konami, which apparently turned him into fucking Castlevania. Wait, Konami? No, that wasn't that wasn't done by Konami. Wasn't it? Was it Capcom? Uh, Factor Five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was published by LucasArts. It was done by Factor Five. The trilogy for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, Greatest Adventures. Oh, okay. I thought it was fucking Konami or something. Cause there, isn't there a segment that he just might as well be Simon Belmont whipping people? No. Um. Oh, you. Yeah, because he does attack with his whip, but that would I think it kind of plays a little bit more like um plays more like an Amiga game, if you ask me. But then again, that was Factor Five. Oh, I guess I'll try it. Out, try it again. Oh, no, I'll definitely try and check it out to double check to see what you're telling me here. But you know, like how can you take disappointment? Like how the best thing to do is just like you know what, shrug it off and just don't fall for it. I guess. Yeah, just gotta march on, right? Especially again, we we just we kind of briefly, and by briefly I mean we dismissed it. Um, you know the whole E3, like hey, there's certain things like hey, I'm glad, but there are things that you gotta stop falling falling for, in terms yeah. of like you know certain you know gameplay footage or whatever. Until you see a demo in front of your face or you play it, don't ever fall for these weird cinematic or uh, FMV cutscenes. That supposed to supposedly are part of gameplay when in reality they aren't. They're just there to fucking fool you. Um, oh god! Like I'm, I'm starting to see like a lot of modern games nowadays are like almost like seventy percent cutscene. No, I don't mind the cutscenes, but the fact that they use the cutscenes to sell the game instead of you know we need to see at least some footage. I don't mind a mix yeah, like, of both. Or if you use the FMV to you know to be the actual trailer to get people excited for it, that's fine. But when you when you show a pre-rendered cutscene and lie to people telling them like oh this is actual game footage that's when you like no you can't fall for that mm-hmm. yeah like e- even like back in the early days like fifth and sixth generation consoles like you know what was the quickest thing you ever see like maybe like a brief little fmv and then it's like everything else after that is all pure gameplay footage yeah like you would see a, like a cinematic trailer or whatever and then mm-hmm. the last like 10 seconds is actual like you footage of the game which is fine i mean or like maybe you see cuts of the actual gameplay within the live action or fmv segments you know it it happens like um like the what is it the wind waker nintendo commercial where it shows zelda talking in a whole cinematic mountaintop saying oh he's going to save me or whatever but in between those segments there's like cuts to scenes from the game, you know? Yeah. Or, uh, like, another one I remember, too, from, like, way back, like, an early E3 demo. Yeah. From, like, what, like, 2003 or so, when Beautiful Joe was displayed? Yeah. And it was, like, most of the whole thing was, like, that hot-ass music, that red-hot action music, and then you just see cutscene after cutscene, and him just, like, punching the crap out of everything. It's just, like, going crazy, and I was like, that's how you fucking sell a game. But more importantly, just don't fall for the hype. You know, sometimes the hype is worth it, but sometimes people, companies, publishers, developers, we all know which companies do it. Okay? Um, We all know. I I can already name Ubisoft, EA, you know, and various other companies. But those are the two fucking culprits right there. Um, It's also like, don't fall for it until you see a playable demo in front of you or... You get the information that you need. Because when people, like I said, start showing you a FMB fully rendered cutscene and lying to you saying, oh, this is how the final product or this is how the game's going to look, 
No. Don't fall for it. Don't ever fall for it. Wait until you're able to somehow see it with your own eyes in terms of like either having a, a kiosk with a demo playing or you play the demo online, you know, download it or something or, you know, whatever. Never fall for it because that's what they want. And again, you'll be set up for disappointment. You know, it's all part. And this is, and right now, this has been the week of, you know, building people up and maybe disappointing others. And there's no better one than E3, the AKA Christmas uh, shopping list preparing kit for the games that come out maybe later in the year, if not the new year. God, I remember back in the olden days when our preparation list was coming attraction. Like, what was it? Coming soon on the back of your gaming magazine when they did, like, you know, upcoming games. Or when you bought Nintendo game, the cartridges, uh, alongside the instruction booklet, there will be a fold-out poster saying like, oh, get, get these ex uh, next titles from, you know, depending on what the developer was. Like, oh, make sure to watch out for these other amazing titles from this company, whatever, you know? Oh, yeah, I remember like Konami did that a lot. I remember like, you know, coming soon from Konami or... Or coming soon from Ultra Games when they were using that label. Exactly. Or Capcom. Like, you, you get that little fold-out poster alongside the oh, yeah. instruction or, booklet. Or the, what was the other one, too, that they used to do? You know, subscribe to the Captain Commando newsletter, and they would actually send you in the mail, like, upcoming titles from Capcom. And how many of those probably got canceled before they got localized? You know, funny part is, I have a lot of those posters here. And, like, mm -hmm. looking at them, like, oh, you know, a good chunk of them were games that actually did come out. Although, like, maybe... Something happened between, you know, the actual development process and the final product. Like, hey, this stage isn't here anymore. Or, hey, this character sprite changed a bit. But aside from that, you know, for us, that's all we had. Maybe occasional, yeah. you know, magazine, you know, articles, depending, you know, in, in, the, in the 80s. Before, you know, EGM and all those other uh, Game Pro and all those other magazines started to take, you know, you know, publishers. Yeah, they started hitting the initiative. Yeah. Well, for yeah. many of us, it, it was... Yeah. You know, the little pamphlet that would came inside the game. Or even, you know, the actual circular of, you know, the Sunday paper. Or, like everything else, the Sears catalog. Yep. Uh, you know, well, you know, and one last in that case was, like, when they're talking about upcoming games. And then, like, what about when you take a game, like, when they have to localize a game. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, they have to change the content of the game entirely in order to make it palatable to you know, American tastes. Oh, again, that's definitely true. That yeah. What well, was one big example? Yo, Noid. It was a ninja game in Japan, and they had to put the Noid in it because ninjas won't sell over here. Well, yes, they fucking will. Well, but I again, guess a cutesy ninja with a, with a silver falcon companion is not good enough for us. You know what? Don't tell me that when Britain literally had it worse. Where Ninja Gaiden became Shadow Warrior, where Michelangelo yeah. couldn't have fucking nunchucks, he had to have a grappling hook. He could have a grappling hook. And they weren't Ninja Turtles, they were Hero Turtles. So whenever you oh, no, say no, no. that, whenever you say that, you gotta imagine, hey, guess what? The Europeans, Euro the Europe British, had it, had it the worst. Exactly. At least we yeah. still had ninjas. They had heroes or nothing at all. They had oh, no, Shadow no, the Warriors. Best one of them all. The best one of them all. Up until Legacy of War, the Contra series was Probot Tector. Oh, generic yeah. robot dudes. Exactly. Other generic robot dudes. Exactly. And you know what? And again, Star Fox became uh, the Lilac Wars. So, yeah. Well, no, no. They had to do that. They had to do that because of a copyright issue. There was another game on the market already called Star Fox. 
and they had to change the name of it because they could not conflict with that copyright. It wasn't a game. I believe it was an actual like record store, Starbucks. I don't forget what it was, but it was something like that that they had to change the name because they didn't want to run afoul of a copyright. No, no, but if people yeah. want to find out more things that apparently were changed over you know transitional periods, how can they do that, my friend? Find me on the Facebook group or find me on Twitter at Lambda Calculus. That's L-E-M-B-D-A-C-I-E-L-C-U-L-U-S. And our official Twitter is at Enroadtripcast. And our website is at NostalgiaRoadTrip.com. Always a pleasure getting angry about things that we are disappointed because, again, that's life. We're always expected to be part of disappointment. All we can do is fucking stay alive. And more importantly yeah. for, you know, the fuck my, you know. Okay, I'm going to get serious for one second here. One second and one second at all. Um, uh, I'm not going to be the type of person that says, you know, call the suicide hotline or, you know, because I consider the suicide hotline to be, be completely BS. And that's, that's just me. Uh, from someone who's suffering through depression and right now the situation where, to be honest, thoughts and prayers are bullshit. What can be done is to, know that you have that you have friends that care and support you and that will have you in mind those people are true friends and those are the people that you know don't understand what you're going through and i can understand that depression is something that no one can ever understand and for many those would what are afraid to say you know specific things that in hopes of maybe just you know not upsetting that individual what you can pretty much do is just say that you're gonna be there for that person and you're gonna support them and whether or not you don't un you understand or maybe for a good chunk of you don't understand how it feels to go through something like this the best thing to say is i want to understand it i want to try and understand it and more importantly just be there for that someone Oh, that's all I'll say right now because um, again, I have my own problems. But no, till but then, it's all good. But till then, everyone, just take it easy and you know, mm -hmm. you know, bitch Look about out for all the space cowboys in your life. But till then, take care, everyone. All right, peace out.